Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. All right, take two is the best take, I always say. Mm-hmm. We tried a earlier version and we had a technical difficulty, so this is our second take. You wouldn't have known that, but I just told you. No, and we it happened right as I was saying that we need better equipment. And how does it look on your, on your end now? It looks fine. Okay, well... Welcome, friends. Uh, If you're just tuning in for the first time, you are listening to episode number 149 of the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. And our podcast is just about whatever we decided to be about. And today it's about hoarding (laughs) because that's what we decided. Yeah. Kind of last minute ish. Yeah, but But that's okay. Right. That's okay. We're working around life. Catherine's mom is living with her for the month of November as we speak. Her mom is at her house with a caregiver. And so we're working around life. That's exactly right. And so we're at my house. All right. Well, the documentary that we watched today about hoarding is called Beyond Hoarding. So we're going to talk about that. We like to do, we try to do a documentary once a month Mm -hmm. if, if we can, because it's sort of fun. I love documentaries. I do too. Okay. Uh, So we have takeaways and the, if you stick with us through the rest of this recording, this is what you should get out of it. First of all, you'll have an understanding of what hoarding is. And I will say that there were some things about the documentary that surprised me about what hoarding is. Oh, really? Yeah, because, oh. well, we'll get into yeah. it when we talk about it. But I had my own preconceived ideas mm. of what the cause of it maybe was. But it's really a lot more than that. Yeah. So it can lead to when you have more truth in your life, it leads to actually more peace. True that. It really does. True okay, that. so anyway, uh, second thing we're going to have a takeaway on is I'm going to tell you the different levels of hoarding mm-hmm. because somebody out there that studies it, some professional person, put it into like levels of how bad it is. And of course, um, our own stories, which we always in- inject into our podcast because it's our podcast. So, you know, we tell what we know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not a lot. And then solutions. What? How can one be fixed? I mean, how can you deal with this issue and you know what if it's your loved one who's doing who's going through it my goodness yeah all right Uh, we always have some inspiration and and a call to action as well so Catherine let's talk about uh well before I go into the episode though let's talk about our sponsors Sponsors. yeah yeah tell somebody who's listening for the first time what our sponsorship program is all about all right well our sponsors they contribute five dollars a month that helps us stay afloat because the platform that we use it costs money also we need new equipment we do and I was saying that (laughs) earlier on our first take on this when our equipment went wonky Mm -hmm. so um it's it's easy to do you can if you get Tracy's emails you can follow the link that way uh, or you could just go to laughanyway.com no you would oh. have to go to <laughs> sorry good, <laughs> I good try I should Catherine. know this <laughs> you can go to comedy that saves oh that's right com or you can go right to patreon we use the platform yeah, yeah. called patreon a lot of people are familiar with that and really all you do is put in your information and then they take five dollars a month from your account and they put it into our account and we are just letting it all accumulate right now because we're going to purchase some better equipment to serve you better yeah so that's so funny because i'm your bestie and i I should know that but because i'm your bestie i don't go to your website (laughs) oh jeez it matters not but i should it matters not all right well let's talk about hoarding i mean this documentary called beyond hoarding and it's uh we watched it on prime 
It's free, so you can get it. Anybody can watch it. What were your thoughts about the documentary? Oh, my thoughts were sadness. My thoughts were um, just, uh, I guess, compassion for the families of the people who are hoarding. Yeah. And then also, of course, for the hoarders themselves, because uh, they do recognize that other people would frown upon it. Uh, so even though they can't let go of their stuff and it has piled up and they do, they typically are embarrassed and they sure. don't invite people over. So they are aware of the fact that it's a problem. So, so of course you feel bad for them. Yeah, I, I definitely can relate to that. And I felt bad for the man who knew, he he realized how bad it had affected his family. Yeah. And so he had regret and remorse over that. And then mm-hmm. I felt bad for the daughter who was crying. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it just, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. Yeah. And then the, the, I think it was the same lady or maybe it was a different one, but anyway, she had to spend every weekend for three months at her parents' home to sort it all out. Yeah. And then the one guy, um, he was the nephew. It was his uncle who, the, where the where the film started was with this uncle John had passed away, and he had died in his home as a result of this hoard. I mean, it can he was kill you. Buried in he, it, basically buried alive. Yeah. yeah, and he was in his nineties. So I mean, of course, his health probably wasn't the best if he was living in those conditions, and who knows how frail he was. And he was found underneath three feet of garbage. Yeah. And what's crazy is that uh, we learn after a few minutes into it that this had happened before in his life. Same family. He was previously yeah. married to a different woman and um, and they had a fire. And then it was discovered that they had been hoarding. Like, I guess they were going to open an antique shop or something. And then this friend... Um, then that he lived with she was a female and it happened again and it was interesting because the neighbors they interviewed the neighbors of these people yeah, and so they were forth. kind of funny yeah well they had the new york accent <laughs> i can't do it but <laughs> yeah yeah because one of the things that made Catherine and i laugh was the neighbor next door because she was like you know what are you gonna do well, she was like oh my god <laughs> oh my god i can't do nothing because <laughs> right. she said that her neighbor had an odor yeah and she brought them to the doctor one time <laughs> and she said i had to fumigate my car <laughs> and she said what oops <laughs> oops snorting and me with the pig snout like thing oh we saw like a couple of animals oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway anyway they don't smell like it though no they won't <laughs> okay (laughs) it's a podcast Catherine they don't know but we're talking about the fumigated car I know so so this neighbor who Catherine so beautifully imitates she they were going to have a party at their house and they wanted the mess that's in the car that had moved for years Mm -hmm. because it had all been piling in there and piling in there they were using it basically as a storage yeah. unit. Mm-hmm. Well, they wanted that mess to be unseen because it was, you know, not attractive for their party. For the party. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Not for the party. And so she, the husband just, th- the guy said, well, I don't think we can get rid of anything in there because we need that stuff. You know, it's our storage unit. 
And uh, so then this woman comes up with the idea of, well, we'll just go get a tarp and we'll put a tarp over it, you yeah, know. Right. But then when she gives him a ride to the doctor or something, and he comes, it comes back <laughs> and she goes, yeah, I had to fumigate my car. <laughs> and what do you say? What, what do you say? What right, person? right. Mm-hmm. Because what, what what happened in this case was there was a an aide, like a medical aide or not a nurse. One, the husband thought it was one thing and the wife thought it was something else, but it was some sort of a medical person was sort of placing blame on this neighborly couple that they didn't intervene and save this man. Yeah, right. Well, what are because, they going to do? Right. And the reason they were in the hospital was because then the the surviving woman that lived in the home, she was hospitalized for what what was she in there for? Just Well, she was buried under the garbage too, but she was yeah. still alive. Yeah, she so was. So they had but to she... take her to the hospital to figure out, you know, like Yeah. And she did die four months later, but <sighs> but yeah, they did kinda or this gal had put blame on, on the neighbors. Yeah. So give me an idea, Catherine, from just from your mind, mm-hmm. you know, like how do how would you describe hoarding based on what we just watched? Well, it is obviously it's accumulating things, but it's an intense urge to um, accumulate and have. And it's an intense urge to not discard and um, getting rid of stuff actually causes anxiety and stress for a person mm-hmm. who has a hoarding issue. And they can't help it. It is, and it's typically in older people, but I guess there's, you know, there must be, well, there is stages, but I don't know all the science behind why it's older people mostly that you see and you hear this about. It's you, and it seems like it's usually intelligent people too. Yeah, it does. Successful people. I think that's why it's so intriguing. Like, because I mean, we know about some even in our area. Sure. A very successful woman in the town over um, succumbed to like terrible hoarding. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, so, and you hate to think that, like, wow, uh, what happens in them? But again, it's an intense urge to to have and to hold on to the stuff and and getting rid of it causes like extreme stress and yes. anxiety so that's what i would say in a nutshell with yeah. the hoarding that's an excellent description of what it is and it was described as a neuropsychiatric condition yeah and they actually showed pictures on this documentary of brain scans and they showed like the areas that were in a certain color, like this is where you can tell where their brain isn't yeah. working right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point of the documentary that my thinking started to kind of shift. Mm-hmm. Because I got to admit that in, at some level, I looked at it. Do you need to get that? No, it's Ellis. I'll oh. call her back. Okay. Catherine's phone is ringing. Sorry, no. Ellis, if you're listening. She she would answer. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, with hoarding... Sometimes I think there's a stigma. There's definitely a stigma. Absolutely. Especially, it's a mental illness, but there's always stigmas with mental illness. Why? Because there's a mess. Okay, so what do you think? They're lazy. Uh, They just, you know, they're dirty. They just don't want to clean it up, you know. Yeah, anything we don't understand is a lot of times um, we do look at it as, oh, there's something wrong with that person. And I guess in some ways that there is there is something wrong with them but they can't really help it right so and and what it isn't what hoarding isn't isn't laziness like you mentioned laziness it isn't um you know someone who just 
can't get their life in order. Well, it is. But we do know that it isn't somebody who's lazy. It, I guess what we're saying is that the science behind it is showing the one the one doctor described it as you wouldn't say to your broken leg you know you should get you should really take better care of yourself broken leg Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just or you should fix yourself yeah or whatever it's something that is a real thing Mm -hmm. inside the brain it's Mm -hmm. a real mental disorder yeah and they could see it in a scan they thought maybe it was linked to ocd but they looked at the brains of OCD people and or people who have OCD and it's not the same. So it's definitely a real problem. Just like you, they, they said you, sh- you should consider it like someone who has epilepsy. Yeah, it's brain. So. It's a brain issue. It's mm-hmm. a brain. It's brain damage, if yeah. you want to call it that. So so that's kind of the bad news. And also the bad news is there's no cure. There's right. and it's a long term situation that that is going to be there. Yeah. The good news is it's manageable and you can control it. Yeah. There's therapy and programs out there. So, right. Another thing, too, that um, it said six to 15 million suffer from it. Americans suffer from that. That's a big number. It's two to five percent of the whole USA population. Mm. I would be willing to bet that everybody listening to this episode either struggles with it in their own life like in their own uh, family mm-hmm. or they know somebody they know of somebody who struggles with this yeah. issue of hoarding yeah I mean because it's that's a big number okay anything else that you wanted to share about the documentary I would no I don't think not off the top of my head here let's see you know the other thing that struck me with the documentary was it's not really sustainable you cannot um, you cannot keep going in your hoarding life. No. I mean, it's it's dangerous. And mm. you need support. You need help. Yeah. It's destructive in, um, not only for oneself as a safety issue, but it destroys relationships. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, also these people isolate themselves. So that's a problem. Um, there's um, some people get evicted from their homes or they, well, I don't know. What else did they say? I'm trying to think. There's a lot of pain involved. Pain, and that, that could kind of ties in with the relationships. Well, and pain for the person who actually has the hoarding issue, too. Yeah. I'm sure that it's, in fact, we saw in the documentary, this. they recognize that it's um, other people would disapprove. So that's painful. Oh, it's it's filled with pain. The one man who had so much stuff, it wasn't so much garbage that he was hoarding because there's, lo- you know, had, lots of different things. But mm-hmm. he just had like um, little containers everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing I want to say is that they do. They always say there's a use for this. In fact, that man who in every one of these cases, they said that the family member said that they were intelligent people. Yeah. And that man in particular, he first said he kind of contradicted himself. But that's the battle, right? In the mind. He said, well, I see a use for it that other people can't see. So he was justifying it, saying that. Um, he uh, maybe in a way was insinuating, I, I, I see the usefulness in this and other people don't. And, They're not and smart. And he does. It, 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 he does. But, but other people may see the use in it, but also just, you know, they regard it as 
You garbage. don't need it. Right. You don't need it for that purpose. And he held up a, a Coke bottle that he had cleaned out, apparently, and he cut off the top of it. And he goes, see this? Mm-hmm. I'm going to put something in that. Yeah, an object. <laughs> and then he didn't yeah. have one in particular no, in mind. But just in case. Yeah, he had um, kind of like a, I don't know what was like a soap bin thing that he put stuff yeah. in it. And yeah. So no, we get that, but you don't you don't need all of that. Was yeah. The, yeah, and that guy uh, in his case, you know, they had different professionals that would pop in to the documentary and talk about like this case, mm-hmm. and the professional came in and said that would be something that we would address in treatment. Yeah, when when one feels like every single thing has a use mm-hmm. and it has value, mm-hmm. and they don't see a reason to throw any garbage away. Yes. That's tough. Yes. Uh, They also said on the documentary that a lot of people have hobbies or they are artists and creative. Right. So they feel like I'm going to save all these little prescription bottles and I'm going to make them into a string of lights. (laughs) Now we're laughing because I did that once. I saved some prescription bottles because we were going to decorate a golf cart. And (laughs) I thought it'd be funny at the time. Later on, I'm like, I don't like that idea at all. Yeah. Just like, you know. And then I think it was that same guy who um, they showed him at Goodwill on Wednesday. Oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) When they got to that part, he said, well, on such and yeah, whatever, Wednesday, that's when they have the senior discount. And that's the day I like to go to. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) Because we do that. I frequently do it. We do it. Yes. But I, here, here comes the but. But I have a a business a uh-huh. booth that oh stop and uh, but yeah crazy well there's a fine line it you is know? it is a fine fine line and it can be very difficult for people that can get sucked in you know yes and that's the part like they're showing him going through savers or going through yeah. goodwill mm-hmm. and you're looking at the aisles you don't know what you're looking for uh right you don't know if you need it you'll know when you see it but even when you see it you don't know where you're gonna put it oftentimes oftentimes what you're gonna do with it or i didn't know i needed that or that looks you know i yeah. could use that yeah it's a fine line and then the the northeast neighbors they said that they saw some of their garbage in the neighbor's house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like stuff yes. that they had put yeah. out at the trash. Right. And Catherine and I have done tons of dumpster diving right. over the years. In fact, just yesterday on my way to go pick up my mom, uh oh, I had two footstools that I took from somebody else's driveway. And in my mind, I rescued it. I rescued it from going into the, the landfill. Dump. Right. Right? And it they just got on my nerves after a while. There, we... we weren't really using them and I I actually can't stand clutter so I thought all right I'm gonna take them to the Morningstar mission and I did do that but it's funny because I went so then I dropped them off but then I'm like well since I'm here I have to go in (laughs) look around (laughs) look around I didn't really find much thankfully but then um and then coming here I had no idea we were going to do this podcast on hoarding and hear these hoarders go to thrift stores I'm like oh no I just came from there (laughs) I had a doctor appointment this morning and I told Tracy I said I said um well since I'm going to be right there in Joliet, I do have to stop at the thrift oh, store for the that's, business. That's funny. <laughs> well, be encouraged, friends, because, yeah. you know, there's, it's, it, maybe it's not that bad. 
another thing that was brought up on the documentary was the hoarding project. Yes, I was just going to say that too. Yeah, so Jennifer Sampson, she's a PhD in LMFT. I have no idea what LMFT <laughs> means, but she's smart. She knows what she's doing. And she created this nonprofit organization called The Hoarding Project. It's in Tacoma, Washington, and it's for OCD and related disorders. It's a it's like a clinical approach mm-hmm. to to bring help and support for here's here's just a little summary of their services it began in 2010 as a -a one-of-a-kind 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides clinical treatment therapy and support groups education and research and it goes on of you know some of the different things that they do i i love it that somebody saw a need Mm -hmm. because people imagine if you're dealing with this yourself or you're a daughter of somebody who's you know it's Mm -hmm. impacting you You can't bring your little kid over there to your mom's house because it's not safe. Yeah. It really impacts the family. You need help. So this lady came on. What did you get out of what she said? Oh, I thought it was um, a glimmer of hope because I really feel for these families um, because I, I just a little bit. I mean, my parents weren't like like this, but they did accumulate a lot of stuff over the years. And my mom was very stressed when I would suggest getting rid of things and my mom would say all all of the things that these people say like that has value that uh, has a purpose or yeah um you know there was always an excuse that meant a lot to me this is that and it it's it's so frustrating and you could see the hurt and the frustration in the people related to these um people who have the the hoarding issue yeah so I just felt like you know I don't want to disparage my parents or anything it wasn't like that it's just that they did they did accumulate a lot of stuff before we kind of took over and your mom grew up in a not mm -hmm. not so wealthy situation Mm -hmm. and your dad's situation was you know I'm not really familiar with exactly what his situation was but it was not you know I don't know. Well, I don't want to say ideal. No, right. With my dad, he just, um, especially later in years, he just felt like um, that's wasteful to throw yeah. things out yeah. and that they could possibly be fixed. He was always fixing and tinkering with things. In my mom's case, yes, she would always say, well, we grew up with nothing. We grew up very, very poor. So then there was, you know, all of that. And one of the people in the documentary had um, cash stashed in different places. Well, my yeah. mom did that. We found lo- well, a lot of cash. Yeah. Like, and, and that's part of the struggle. Did something happen? Keep going. That's part of the struggle that we have as individuals. If you're in charge of someone's estate, the one nephew who his uncle was um, a hoarder mm-hmm. and he had passed away. It was that Uncle John, who the 90-year-old who died under three feet of garbage. What a bad way to go. Yeah. Um, Well, this nephew, he said, it's my fiduciary responsibility to make sure that there's not thousands of dollars just here in this house somewhere. Oh, and that poor guy had to go through so many things. They found Social Security checks that hadn't been deposited or cashed. Two years worth. Two years worth. That's right. Of just what they found. 
Yeah, just imagine what they the found. ones that just disintegrated. Yeah, are we okay on sound? I think we are. Yeah, okay, it looks okay. All right, we need your support. We need more patrons. Right. Well, we have got to replace this equipment. <laughs> Help a couple girls out. Come on now. Yeah, five bucks a month. You'll never miss it. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you wanted to say about the documentary? I'm well, another thing that we found out is that there's a hoarding intervention training program too. And they, you know, they have people that will do case management and for people who have the issue. I thought yeah. it was interesting. Yeah, I did too. That they pointed out it costs $10,000 to go through eviction or something like that. Right. Losing your home. And to have a case manager that will work with you for years, I think, is only 1800 Yeah. So when you look at the, you know, cost of both things, much better to get some help. Yeah, and that guy was really compassionate toward his clients. He sure seemed like it. And that was part of what kind of turned my thinking as well because he said it's an it's an internal disorder. Yeah. So he said the clutter is external, but what's causing the clutter is internal. Right. And they say they don't really know what causes it, but they do know it's linked to previous um, trauma or depression anxiety it is linked to that but why we a lot of us go through things like that but we don't all become hoarders another thing i was like uh -oh. yeah that <laughs> <laughs> they think it's um hereditary well so, they said it runs in families yeah. but is it nurture or nature you know, does it run in families because it's a genetic predisposition yeah or is it the environment that you're in yeah right i don't know but, well, yeah that's yet to be seen. Right. Okay. Well, it was a good documentary. Mm -hmm. It did fill us with hope. It, it was sad, but it did fill us with some hope. So I would recommend it if you are interested in that documentary. Yeah. I want to say one other thing, too, about yeah. it. If you do know someone, don't do this. Don't go to their house and clean it for them, especially when they don't know you're going to do it. It doesn't right. solve the problem. It no. causes extreme trauma for the person. And uh, it, it's just not getting to the core of the issue. And that's not at all how you should handle it. Yeah, because so. they had somebody who did that on yeah. the documentary and mm -hmm. it didn't work out very well. Yeah. So don't do that. It actually made it worse. And why would you want to waste all of your time? You know, you might be thinking that you're doing something good, yeah. but guess what? You're yeah. not. Even if they say, oh, I, I want to have people over. I want to have my grandchild over and friends over and this and that. That doesn't mean they want you to clean the house for them. Yeah, this woman that was featured, she had gone away for a little vacation and asked the neighbor to feed her cat. Mm -hmm. And she came home and her house was spotless. Yeah. And she like panicked. She and, went into depression. Yeah. And like just what what did they say? Like four months later? A it month. Was, oh, one, a four month, weeks. One month. Okay. So four weeks later, it was back to its condition mm -hmm. that it was. Eh, okay. I wanted to go over the five stages of hoarding. Oh, yes. Do this that. This is fun. Okay. So five stages of hoarding. Uh -oh. Here's stage one. Clutter, but no concern. The lowest stage on the hoarding scale generally means a person isn't at risk of being a hoarder and doesn't require action from you. If someone fits into this category, their home is a bit disorganized, but it's safe and it's sanitary. The space will have the following conditions. All stairways, doors, and windows are accessible. Check. How about the toilet? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Sufficient ventilation. Oh, very good. Check. An appropriate number of pets live in the environment. Appropriate number. Well, what would that appropriate number be? I would say one. <laughs> well, 
one to probably three. If you get beyond three pets in a house, you're probably bordering some, you know. I don't know. There's a lot of people that have like four, four or five dogs. dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll We're see. just we'll not see what this says. <laughs> okay. Fire and carbon monoxide detectors are installed and there are no unpleasant odors. Okay. If that's, if that's a description of level one, there's a little clutter but there's no concern over the clutter, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you get to level two. Okay. Deteriorating hygiene, possible hoarder. If someone exhibits symptoms from the second stage on the hoarding scale, that should raise concerns, but may not automatically suggest a hoarding diagnosis. A person who fits into this category might need professional cleaners to organize their space, which will have the following. One important exit blocked with clutter. So this is level two now. Okay. So they've got one exit that they need open Mm -hmm. blocked with clutter. Pet feces and hair in parts of the house. (laughs) Problems with some of the electric and plumbing systems. Overflowing garbage points. Oh, boy. Dirty dishes, laundry, and mold growing in different spaces. Yikes. At this stage, the person will have an inconsistent housekeeping routine, but likely an awareness that their home is deteriorating in hygiene. Okay. Okay. Now, three, extreme disorganization. They're likely disordered. Okay. Okay. This stage is the threshold between a messy, cluttered environment and one that may be a hoarding environment. Mm. The space will be noticeably disorganized and overwhelming, and the individual's behavior may be changing. Physical signs in the house include insect infestations uh-huh. from ants, cockroaches, bed bugs, and lice, Ooh. piles of objects obstructing key living areas, multiple broken appliances, untidied spills and breaks left for days one room is not being used for its intended purpose for example the bathroom is used for storage yeah i've seen that both medical and cleaning professionals should be called if you worry that someone has reached stage three Mm. when in contact specify the details of the person's living conditions and behavior for example if they have become more secluded refuse to to have the camera on during video calls or struggle to throw items away, then we clearly have little or no value. Mm-hmm. Oh, that clearly have no, little or no value. That's when you need to start getting like some professional people involved. Yeah. Okay. There's two more, two more stages. Two more. There's two more. Oh there's my five. gosh. Okay. The fourth one is excessive clutter and behavior. Contact the professionals. Someone fitting stage four symptoms is deemed highly likely to have a hoarding disorder. Housing agencies, protective services, elderly services, and animal control may need to be contacted to restore the place of residence, which will contain, so here's what the house would look like, structural damage in the home, water damage, broken doors, plumbing, an excessive amount of pets, and pet waste, clutter preventing entrance to stairs, rooms, exits, expired and rotting food, Mm. odors, and backup in sewage points. Yikes. Yeah. A coordinated team of cleaners will be needed in this circumstance alongside alongside mental health experts, social workers, and possibly financial counselors. Hmm. The homeowner will likely show anxiety about needing items in the future or become distressed when others touch and suggest removing their belongings. So that one kind of fits like the shows that you watch, you know? Yeah, right. They come in with the psychiatrist as well as the 
professional organizer and then the t- crew of 20 people in yeah. hazmat suits yeah. <laughs> that are cleaning it up. Do you know I saw that live <clears throat> once? Really? Uh, yeah, it was so... I, I, I had, didn't even know about hoarding back... I mean, this was like early, early 90s, I think. Yeah. And Kenny in Kenny's neighborhood, it was on, you know, it was on the news, it was yeah. in the paper, and those people had on those hazmat yeah. things. It's, yeah, it's, it's a real, shocking. real situation. Okay, the fifth and final level of hoarding is severe unsanitary conditions and hoarding diagnosis. The highest stage on the scale indicates a severe hoarding condition. The affected individual may even be going through legal proceedings like divorce, guardianship, custody, or eviction because of the state of their home. The housing environment will require intervention from a number of professionals as well as family and friends who can easily identify. And these are the the things. Extreme indoor clutter, making key living spaces unusable, no ventilation, Mm. irreparable damage to the home's structure, Mm. disconnected water and or electrical services, pervasive mold and mildew. Yikes. Animal health is at risk and animals are a a danger to humans. At stage five, anyone entering the home will require full personal protective equipment such as face masks, safety goggles, gloves, hand sanitizer, and a first aid kit. The cleaning process will also require specialized tools and chemicals to safely restore livable conditions and remove harmful bacteria. Coming to terms with the possibility of a loved one Being a hoarder is not easy. However, acknowledging when someone may need help can have a hugely positive impact on their journey ahead. Once you've accurately determined which stage they're in, you can move forward with processes like arranging a professional cleanup team to make their home a sanitary and comfortable space again. If you need somebody or you know uh, someone, you know, who is ready to do an extreme hoarding cleanup, then they have like a team. This is like a cleaning service. Mm-hmm. It's called Valor Technical Cleaning. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that sure is. You know, one thing I'm surprised they didn't uh, mention is how about when someone is using their car, you can see in their car they're oh, storing yeah. stuff or the side of their house or garage or whatever it might be and it's spilling over. You kind of can assume, I'm thinking that there's something going on the same inside the house, especially yeah. when you see it in the car. In fact, back when um, I did a mission trip one time and we came across this very situation, um, there was a woman, she was at, so there was a hurricane and uh, there was a woman that was just standing in her driveway, just looking like yeah. I need help. And so my cousin and I, she was on the same trip. We, saw her and we were supposed to find people who Mm -hmm. we could maybe minister to and also help and she was so overwhelmed and yes she had stuff in the car that's what we first saw was the cars and then the garage and then it was a can't hold I do think that if you see someone in your life who has a car that's head to toe you know floor to ceiling Mm -hmm. with newspapers magazines mail um, oh yeah laundry yeah. Um, grocery bags you know stuff yeah there's a problem and do yeah. do try to get involved you know I yeah. guess to intervene if you can yeah all right um yeah. anything else on that note no, no okay from our own 
um, stories, you know, our own personal stories. I know you shared about your parents and I wanted to share just a little bit about depression because Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people suffer with depression Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that a lot of these people that suffer with hoarding also have depression. And they did say that there are comorbidities in terms of if you're a hoarder, guess what? You're also other stuff Mm -hmm. and depression is certainly a, a thing. When I, in the past, have been through different bouts of depression, yes, I just let things go mm-hmm. and things just pile up. It never got to the point of one of these levels of like the doorways being blocked or anything like that, but the dishes would be piled up in the sink and the laundry would be way overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I would just be like kind of like a deer in the headlights mm-hmm. of not really not really knowing where to start. The one guy on the documentary, he he didn't know where to start with his problem. And yeah. the counselor came in and he divided his space into zones. And he said, okay, you're just going to do for 15 minutes every day. You're going to work in zone one. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then he added it to two sessions of 15 minutes a day, but only zone one. Don't yeah. go on yeah. until we tackle that. So my, I guess the reason that I wanted to bring that up is because if anybody listening is struggling with depression, mm-hmm. There is treatment for depression. You yes, can get yeah. on medication right. that can really even you out mm-hmm, mentally and mm-hmm. just make you feel a lot better. Yeah. And you can also go to counseling. Right. And I've done both of those things mm-hmm. in the past and it has really helped. Mm-hmm. The other thing that helps is just like life circumstances change. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a season right now that feels overwhelming or that seems like, oh, this is really rough. Hang in there because it's going to change. It's yeah. going to get better. We kind of, life has that way of kind of going ebb and flow. Yeah, that's true. Up and down. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I have to say that when yeah. I'm, I'm, I've been depre- depressed too, as sure. you know, and on medication. And while I didn't have that kind of, it, it didn't show his ugly face in that, in that kind of way, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know uh, I will find myself actually going out or maybe thrifting you know that kind of a thing but mm-hmm. that I think I think that's now <laughs> I think when I'm feeling like just so overwhelmed mm-hmm. there's go thrifting but the good thing is is I have an outlet I could you know I only get stuff that I'm selling Really? Well, and when she's uh, but, talking about her outlet, it's a booth. It's like in an antique store. Yeah. And she rents a booth mm-hmm. and she puts her, her stuff in there. Right. It, it is. But as we've oh. both said, there's a fine line and you do want to be careful that you're not going over the line. Yeah. I guess I'm, that's why I'm mentioning it. I can like, see. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my gosh, am I, am I getting close? But I don't think so. You just let me know because <laughs> she's rolling around. I, I don't think so. I can't stand the clutter. And I like to treat whatever I get like dairy. You, it has to go out on the shelf. It's got an expiration date. It's got to move. You know, I don't keep it around the house. Yeah, I think what I was thinking about more so is backing it up. Like you said, when I'm feeling down, I'm feeling low, I go thrifting. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is fine. Or when I feel low, maybe I go to the movies or go to the refrigerator or whatever. I mean, a little bit in moderation is okay, but Mm -hmm. you can kind of try to bury your problems. And I don't know if the people that have these severe hoarding issues, you know, Lord help them. I don't know what kind of issue they had in their childhood, if they were abused, if Mm -hmm. they were poor, if they were this, they were that. 
is it is it you're trying to literally bury your problems? I've heard that yeah. before on those hoarding shows that I've watched on TV. So I'm I'm just saying don't try to soothe a problem with a, a medication, quote unquote, that really isn't intended to soothe that problem, you know. Mm. Dealing yeah. dealing with problems in life. We all have problems in life. Mm-hmm. We all have problems in life. We have relationship problems, we have work problems, we have financial problems, we have health problems. We have problems in our society and we can't fix it all. I I mean, honestly, I do believe that a solid relationship with Jesus is an answer to all of it. Yeah. It's not going to make it perfect right now, Mm -hmm. you know, but we can, it's something we can trust in and you can go to him. Right. And there's hope. There's There's hope hope. for your future in him. Right. You know, I was thinking too that there's therapy for everything. There is. And therapy is a great thing. There is therapy for this issue. There's, uh, um, it's amazing how, uh, you know, back in the day, I don't think there was therapy for hardly anything except for some physical things. Right. Yeah. And I love it that we're taking away the stigma of we need help, but that doesn't stop us from going okay well what caused us to get into this condition in the first place mm-hmm. were we putting a band-aid on something that really needed surgery you yeah. know mm-hmm. like were we in a situation like a marriage situation that really needed to be overhauled but we just run off to the shopping instead yeah. or run off to the food instead or whatever yeah. so we just need to be mindful that's all that's right all right we did select a scripture Unless, Mm -hmm. did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Okay, so we're going to go to the inspirational close. We always look for scripture. And when we were talking about what scripture would be fitting, we both did feel like it would be good to talk about just being more compassionate toward others. Yeah. Right? So the scripture that we chose was Matthew 7, 3 to 4. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your Mm -hmm. eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's important for us to have compassion on people because it could be us in that situation. Absolutely. And we are in a situation. Yeah, everybody's got Everybody's got a plank in their (laughs) eye. Everybody's got something. Okay, so the call to action is for us to just all have grace with each other. Mm -hmm. Have grace with others and be mindful of these types of issues in your own circle so that you can help, Yeah, you know, do something to help. All right. Well, that was hoarding. That was. That was fun. All now, right. it, all of this motivates me. I haven't made my bed today. Oh. And I'm going to get in there and make that bed mm-hmm. and tidy up my bedroom. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm still comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm still Catherine. Goodbye. See you next time. Bye.